welcome to Experiencing Healthcare. We hope you're having a great day. My name's Jamie, and we're here with our CEO, Matt Stop. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. It's been it's been a good week. So it's been busy. Things are rocking. We and finally rolling. got out of January. We did. Yeah, it's, it's weird. So yeah, it's hard to believe. So yeah, it's uh, man, we're cruising, for sure. We are. Yeah. Um, today, we're recording here yeah. on on Friday, yep. Groundhog Day. Oh, is it so Groundhog both, Day? Yeah, both Punxsutawney Phil and Staten Island Chuck did uh, not see their shadows. Ooh, so, ooh, early spring for us. Yeah. So that means early spring. Yeah. Ah, okay. I thought it was the other way around, but yeah, that that makes sense. Well, good. So I like. I mean, really, this is only for Northerners, anyways. So we always get early spring. That's right. <laughs> I'm already starting to see blooms. Exactly. Yeah, and then pollen's just right around the corner. Pollen so will be here before you know it. Get ready for your allergy season, for sure. Well, today we're going to talk about something that is, I think, is really important for people to understand, and and something that your health is really ramped up and it's practicing um, especially these last couple years it's it's been really f- we've been focusing a lot on a different model of care you know in a in a few different ways we've got you know the um, ACO model the you know value-based care model that has been implemented that has just right. been incredible we've got um, an entire team focused on patient experience and how they experience the your health practice and their providers and, and, and the entire team that they're working with. And then we have this model of care, which is this patient centered model of care. And, and Matt, we're going to do a series on this and, and kind of help people better understand this, this patient centered model of care. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, you know, Jamie, I, I it, it seems like there are a lot of of healthcare organizations that talk about being patient centered mm-hmm. or patient centric, and and I think you know if I look at that through the lens of the patient, um, you know it, it's it's somewhat of that expectation. You know the the patient looking at at the healthcare organization going, of, of course I should be at the center of the care. So so you know it, it's a it's a, a almost a minimum expectation. So I, I think for, for us to unpack it a little bit, to do a little bit of explanation, maybe from the patient side, maybe from the organization side, mm-hmm. um, will, will really help solidify this, this model of care that, it, that, that has been beneficial and I, will, I would contend will transform healthcare. Yes. And it is. I really believe that it's not going to. It is. I think it's really making a yeah. difference. And we could we could sit here and tell story after story of patients that have experienced this. And but you still have a lot of, you know, practices that, like you said, they they may say, yeah, we're patient centered. But are you really patient centered? What are you doing to really center your patient in your model of care and then what does that model of care really look like and then you could go down the value-based you know train there and say oh you know you're practicing a fee for service is it really patient-centered so there's there's so many different directions we can go with this and and uh, i think it's going to be great for people to understand so matt let's let's kind of jump in from the patient perspective 
and, and kind of break down the scenario when a patient comes to your health and, and starts to receive care. So, Jamie, I, I've, I've been thinking about how to best illustrate this with without a, a picture. So um, so this, this could be a little fun. So if I were to say to you, envision an octagon, mm-hmm. most people are probably thinking of a stop sign at this point, right? So an octagon has, has eight sides. So if you think about an eight-sided shape, an octagon, and there are points at, at those eight sides, right? So, so if you remove the stop sign and you've just got eight points that are in, in almost a circle but, but really an octagon shape, and you think about each of those as, as a team member, and if you take those eight points and then, and then put a, another dot in the center of that, we could call that the patient. Mm-hmm. And, and if you draw a line from each of those points to the patient, then you've got all these lines going in, in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and one of our, our, our team members, Sean Cox, on our patient experience team, does, does kind of this exercise with, with people. Um, so if if those if those lines from those eight points of the octagon are all pointed into the patient and you remove the patient from that then those lines could fall right right so so the idea there is now take those eight points and draw a line not just to the the dot in the center but to all the other dots so now it looks like this interconnected web of, of support that surrounds the patient that, that also builds the team. Right. And, and, I, and I hope people can have that imagery as, as I'm, I'm doing my best to explain it without some sort of visualization and talking with my hands here around my microphone because <laughs> I'm also a professional hand talker that, that you all can't see, see that either. But it, it really, the, the visualization really um, encompasses, you know, what what a what an ideal support system could look like. Right. So if, so if I can, Jamie, let me go back a few years to think about where this care team idea started. Please. And it really started in the midst of, of the pandemic mm. when um, we we were we were being creative in ways to get to patients and the the Department of Health and Human Services and and the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services came out and they said, "Hey, you all can do telehealth and, and at a reimbursement rate that is that is congruent to what it was if if you were seeing them in person because patients couldn't get to their their provider and providers couldn't get to their patient and mm-hmm. We were in the midst of a, of a global pandemic, right? So we started having these telemedicine visits, and then HHS and CMS came back and they said, they said, and just as a reminder, pharmacists can can bill incident to these visits as a part of of collaboration with that patient's care. So we had pharmacists, and we had patients, and we had had providers and we thought well well gosh let's let's hook these pharmacists up with these patients 
you know, what are they going to do? So we, so we go to these pharmacists and they say, yeah, part of, part of our training was this consulting role about, you know, polypharmacy or pharmacology or, um, you know, interactions or, you know, helping that patient understand when to take the medicine, how to take the medicine, what not to do that was in complement to what the provider was prescribing to to treat um, to to treat a, a disease or an infection or, or whatever the case may be, so it, it was a little rocky start at first. Mm-hmm. But then you saw providers and pharmacists really having this collegial relationship and relying on one another for you know a, a phone a friend or hey I'm concerned about this patient. What did what did they tell you when you spoke to them? So from there, you know, we, we thought, well, if we can do this with pharmacists mm-hmm. and their in-person provider, where else can we take this? And, and so this was, you know, the summer of 2020. Here we are now, um, 2024, mm-hmm. a year that's going to transform healthcare. Um, we've committed to a, a new brand, a new name. Um, that that is your health because we want to have that really commit to having that patient centric model of care and that model of care is done through the collaboration of care teams yes yeah absolutely i i think this you know island you know and there's a lot of providers they're amazing i love them i think they're they're some of the smartest people on the planet and we need them 100 percent but man, there's just something about when you work within a team of people and you're really kind of focusing all your attention on this individual patient and you have this team approach, things are just better done with a team. There's no doubt about it. You know, Jamie, uh, you um, you had the opportunity to do a, a, a team building training with our um, SC Home RX. Mm-hmm. your health pharmacy team the the team of people that that work in a space to um that are that are the uh the the filling pharmacy the right. the, the pharmacy that that fills medications and um you know as you're going through disc training with this group i heard somebody in the group say oh my gosh that makes so much so much sense and and they were they were talking about a particular Coworker, team member, and it was really enlightening to see, you know, what what drives people, what they need to be successful, what mm-hmm. motivates them, what their fears are from from a personality standpoint, and I really felt like that team made it stronger. But but you also made a point, and I hope I don't get you in trouble with this. I hope not. Um, but but you <laughs> made a point that said, you know, you you were talking about your your wife as. As, as a D personality type and saying, you know, that's not the person that I want taking care of me. I, I want the right. S personality type taking care of me. And you, Jamie, as an I, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I had this vision of this care team when you said that because you want the S delivering that care to you, the hands-on care with, mm-hmm. with the compassion and the empathy that they have. Sure. But you want your wife there to make sure that that she's protecting you that you know that you are getting that that level of care mm-hmm. because 
you know, if, if you're if you're the person that has the illness and needs the care, yeah. you want somebody like a D personality type that that is a champion for you. Yes. Um, out there, and and then, you know, to take it a step further, there's probably a C involved in this delivery of care, in some point or or fashion too. So, it made just such sense as as we talk about care teams, that it's not just one person that that can that can achieve the type of care that we want it right. takes a, a team of people with different personality types or different professions or different expertise to to really ensure um great care yeah absolutely yeah and i, and I think yeah you you definitely want to feel compassion when you're being cared for you want you know at least i do maybe everybody's a little different you know, and then, and that's, and it's so true. Like there are different, obviously all of our providers, we have, you know, they, they're, they range the disc spectrum. I think we, we see more S's and C's, but, um, they range the spectrum. You know, we see it every, Certainly. every single week. And, and I think the point, uh, you know, I, I love the points you're making, Matt, cause I do want my wife involved because she's going to ask the tough questions that maybe I won't ask. She'll, she'll ask them. She's not afraid to ask them so that she can advocate so that she can be a, you know, that, um, person, you know, I I think of your wife as well, Matt, she's, she, she's blunt. She's just going to say it. And, and we need those people to be able to do that for, for our patients. Certainly, certainly just like we need the perspective of a, a person who is trained as a social worker mm-hmm. and, and sometimes a lot of times even a, a clinically trained social worker because they they have a, a different um, they have a different lens that they see a patient mm-hmm. through than a person who's trained to be a, a physician or an advanced practice registered nurse. Um, there's there's just a, a, a different lens that that they look through a different filter because of their education and their training and their expertise, um, it, you know, and and the same with pharmacists and the same with therapists or health coaches or you know the other the community health workers the other disciplines that we have on on these um, these care delivery teams that are really engaging with a patient. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it it really is just uh, it, it it's so much better when you're working as a team like that for sure. Um, Matt, you know I, another thing I was just I was just thinking about as you're talking about that is because I everybody knows I geek out on the personality stuff and I, I love it. I love teaching it. I love uh, you know uh, working through those things. I, I think of too the providers that are C's. They love blood panels. They love. Um, they love looking at the data as well. And it, they're so valuable in that. And they can see things that maybe other providers may not be able to see right away. You know, um, I think that's another aspect of it too. Absolutely. And, and, and that's where it takes that team to look at information and consume information differently. And, it, you know, sometimes it, it takes the person to say, Hey, you know, we haven't had um, we haven't had vital signs in these records. That's been a hot topic this week. We haven't had vital signs on on this patient, um, and, and 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 then somebody to say, 
okay, well, well, let's look at at why we haven't, and look at let's look at why we need them, and then somebody to say, don't worry about it, I got it, I'm going to get those vital signs right now. I'll make sure that that we've got, you know, a a trend so that we can say, hey, this person's blood pressure has been stable because of of this medication, or, you know, their white blood count has has been elevated in the past several times we've we've seen labs. Let's let's continue to monitor that. I made that up. Obviously, I'm not clinical, so don't judge me for that. But <laughs> that that was the first lab value that I could think of. Um, but but it, it takes all of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I remember, um, you, you know, 2023. I was I was really committed to being a, a great patient and had a uh, had a, 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 a dietary consult with our with one of our registered dietitians. And one of the first things she did was look at my labs, um, which you know, was totally not what I, what I expected. I expected, you know, this conversation about, about healthy eating and, and really she needed to have the data of, of what, of, of what my, my lab values were mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know, what, what healthy eating for me as a patient really needed to be. Right. So, so let's break this down a little bit more, Matt. Um, if I'm a patient, when I am a patient, I am a patient of your health. Um, how how do I experience these my, different my roles? Uh, well, my health? exactly. Yeah, health? yeah. That's the Sorry, who, who's I on first. <laughs> um, but how do I how do I interact with these different disciplines, these different positions? You know, what does it look like for me as a patient to interact with a doctor? Because I've I've even heard people well. You know, you guys don't have doctors. No, we do. We have tons of doctors. We have plenty of doctors um, on on our staff. And how does that? How do I interact with a doctor? Okay, uh, yeah. Let's let's take that perspective of of you being a patient, and let's say Jamie that um, you we we found you through your in the hospital, recently hospitalized, maybe. Um, and one of our one of our uh, TCP transitional care professionals has has you know engaged you into into your health, and that TCP has talked to you about you know you're going to have an, a number of visits with us, and your experience with healthcare previously is that you've gone to an office and that's where you've received your prescriptions mm-hmm. and had a stethoscope put on you and an otoscope put in your ear. Right. And you've had some sort of conversation and then you check out at the window, get in your car and go on your merry way. That, right. That's been your previous experience. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you've got this transitional care professional that's talking about a model of care that is going to keep you out of the hospital. Right. Because the food's bad the bed's uncomfortable there's noises all the time right so so you're in that place where you're doing anything possible at this point to not go to the hospital mm-hmm. and you're saying okay well well where am i going to see a doctor and you know this transitional care professional is saying walk with me here for just a second maybe not literally walk but but <laughs> go down this road with me follow this journey with me you're going to have a 
nurse practitioner that's that's going to have a telemedicine visit with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's you, maybe that's your first encounter. Right. That you're going to have this video chat with the nurse practitioner that's going to ask you some questions about your history and ask you about your hospital stay and review some of those some of those records from from the hospital. Right. And then your then your next um, visit is going to be with a health coach that is going to also review some of those records. They're going to talk to you about maybe some of your goals. They're going to get some history. They're going to get to know you. They're going to be a, they're going to be a person that can advocate for you or a connection for you when, when maybe you want to call and have a question. And then your next visit might be with that doctor. Right. Right. So that doctor, um, it, you know, it could be in one of our new offices, one of our new Your Health Physician offices. It could be via telemedicine. Uh, but you're going to have a conversation with this doctor, and that, that doctor is really going to see the information that you gave the nurse practitioner on your first telemedicine visit, mm-hmm. the information that you gave and talked about with the health coach. So they're going to build off all of this. So you're not necessarily having to tell your same story every time because that there's that here's the new word we're using in healthcare that longitudinal care mm-hmm. so that there's a continuum and that doctor's really going to look at disease process maybe and, right. and really refine what it is that is causing you to be ill what maybe got you to the hospital mm-hmm. a specific diagnosis so, so once we know that specific target, we, we can aim for it. So, so then that health coach goes back and sees, you know, maybe some specified diagnoses, and they're, they're able to help really refine those goals to, to say, hey, Jamie's going to need a physical therapist to talk to him about uh, exercise roti- r- routine, maybe about stretching, maybe about, you know, um, the mechanics. We're gonna have a, a nurse practitioner that goes out to your to your house to, um, you know, do do an assessment, talk to you about your goals. We're gonna have a social worker that that maybe does an advanced care plan with you, or maybe the nurse practitioner does an advanced care plan with you, or maybe both of them. Mm-hmm. But then all of that information comes back into a centralized point of an electronic medical record so that each person on that care team can see that. And, and operationally, behind the scenes, Jamie, you, you may not know this as a patient, but we'll have directors of case management or directors of quality performance or mm-hmm. a vice president of, of care management that that is helping to guide that team, maybe advocate for you um, to say, okay, let's look at, at Jamie from an interdisciplinary standpoint right. to really pull that team together to make sure that you're getting the visit that you need from the person that you need it at the time you need it so that, that we can give you that service. All the while, you're not having to manage that. Right. You're focused on your goals mm-hmm. and helping you get to uh, achieve those goals or maintaining your health or um, increasing your health, whatever your goal is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's it, there's just a lot of things that and, and maybe we need to do a better job of, of showing patients this and how it works, because 
you may never not even you may not may not ever know that there's a doctor in the background and then there's that case man you know all of those positions working in the background that are just vital that are working for you as a patient it, Jamie, if, if all of these services were in were in one location under one roof, it it might be a good visualization mm-hmm. of of how it works together. But one, that's not the reality. And right. two, I think you you miss pieces of um, you know being able to see a person's environment in their home, mm-hmm. the the engagement and focus that you really have to have when. I don't know about you, Jamie, but when when you're on telemedicine visit or, or video chats, you know, there's this um, there's this this monitor that 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 you have for yourself because you can also see yourself in the camera and that person. So it 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 really makes you engage a little bit differently with that video conversation mm-hmm. than than just you know like a telephone call. Or, or you know, seeing a, a provider in an in an office setting where there may be more equipment, there may be diagnostic equipment, right? A ultrasound machine, a, a X-ray machine, a, you know, the the different pieces of equipment we have for for diagnostic testing. So, you know, if if I were to I were to create this this model utopia, mm-hmm. um, you know, it it, it would be quite large to be able to see it and I have a vision of it in my head and and even now on a podcast like it's hard to explain (laughs) but I but I think the more that we engage patients and show them the benefit of these different disciplines that healthcare has changed and evolved that there is a better way to deliver healthcare Mm -hmm. that it can be proactive and preventative so that you don't have to wait on a on a catastrophe to do something about your health. Yeah. We're creating that care model and have created that care model now. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So so let's jump to the next position, you know, for me as a patient, you know, and I and I have this, I have a nurse practitioner that I work with that I that focuses on me. Talk about the nurse practitioner and or the physician's assistant you know role what what does that look like as a part of my care team so if you think about the advanced practice provider that that we affectionately refer to as you know um the our our nurse practitioners our physician's assistants um to me those positions were really built um, you know, they, they talk about those positions as care extenders initially. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. Mm. I think these are um, those positions to me. And, and one of our nurse practitioners many, many years ago explained it to me that, you know, the, the doctor sometimes look, looks at a, as we talk about looking through different lens, looks through a, a varied lens of, of determining um, you know, all the things that, that go through their head, you know, uh, the nurse practitioner that was explained to me, you know, said she was a nurse first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, as, as the nurse first, you know, triage and treat. And I think that's, that's where physician's assistants come, come through as well, that, that they're looking at, um, at presented problems and, and providing solutions there. 
so sometimes it's a it's a little uh, more efficient mm-hmm. with the with the nurse practitioner or the physician's assistant that it could be with with a physician. Right. Not to say that that um, that physicians are inefficient, um, but from from a from a delivery standpoint, sometimes those nurse practitioners and and physicians assistants have the ability and capability to move quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, as much as, as we as patients um, value time, um, sometimes the value of that time needs to be in a short visit. Yeah. Not necessarily a long visit. Right. And, and for me, that would that's huge. Like, uh, you know, with a schedule and, you know, and work, I, I need those visits to be quick. I don't, you know, and I need them to be you know, obviously within whatever I need and they need to be as long as it covers the need. But for me, it's, that's important. Whereas somebody, you know, say like my mom, you know, that could be, it can be, those are going to be slow visits. <laughs> they didn't it need to it be could quick. be. And, and, and let's talk about that perspective too, mm-hmm. because, you know, as we talk about care team models and, and we talk about um, the, the threat of loneliness in senior adults, that that maybe they do need more time um so so like your mom Mm -hmm. but that nurse practitioner also has you know 10 or 12 other people that that need their time as well some of that care team model can can extend itself to a visiting nurse being able to to spend time or the community health worker being Mm -hmm. able to spend time or it, it it could be it could be a, a one of our clinical coordinators that's that's really um, hearing those those not necessarily issues but able to um, able to to hear the time that the that the patient needs and sometimes it's just reassurance yeah that you know hey we are giving you a lot of visits we're giving you a lot of attention uh, attention and it's not because there's something wrong with you it's because right. we hear you. And and the engagement is what matters to you. Yeah. And then and then even to circle back to even, you know, even more visits versus, you know, with shorter spans, I think are really important. You know, I said, you know, you could have a patient who, you know, the provider comes in, they see them for an hour and a half because there was so much to do, so much to break down, so much to to go over with that patient depending on their risk score and and how healthy or unhealthy they might be um for lack of a better term but the frequency you know because a lot can happen in three months a lot can happen in a month for a patient that's that's struggling with some chronic illnesses a lot can happen in a week so having that more often you know i think is just so so important um, to catch things before they ever become a real problem. Yeah, abs- absolutely, and and that's where that preventative medicine um, really is is of benefit. So it's not the well if we'd a, if we'd have caught this three months earlier, you know, it, it's using these expert clinicians, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, the PAs, you know. Even even some of our even some of our um, administrative nursing staff, clinical staff, you know, to look at disease process and say, you know, I'm concerned about this. It's not to a critical point yet, or it's not to a, a 
you know, a specific point yet, but I want to keep monitoring it. So, so let's be proactive in this care. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and let, let's, let's go to one more discipline here, Matt, because I think it kind of, you know, rounds it out a little bit, but, and then we'll continue to, to do this series and cover these things and how it really affects the patient from their perspective. Um, let's talk about the pharmacist because I think this is such a unique um, position that's a part of the care team that is so vital that I wish I would have had. And I, I, I'll never forget, you know, several years ago, and I've talked about it on this podcast and others, but being diagnosed with diabetes, how intimidating that was when I had to learn how to stick myself with a needle, when I had Mm. to learn, you know, I had to take all these other medications and not knowing how they interact, interact with different foods and, um, and so on. But I never had a pharmacist to break that down. And when you think of a pharmacist, you think about the filling pharmacist that you walk up to the counter and you got 30 seconds with. I think this is a revolutionary concept, and in, in which hospitals see you do see a hospital, you know, a, a, you know, a, uh, a pharmacist may come in with a patient and really break down their medications, but you don't see this a lot in primary care. At least I didn't, you know, before. Talk about the pharmacist role and how that really affects from that patient experience. It's funny that that. Um we round out with pharmacist Jamie. Um, my daughter Margaret is uh, is wants to be a compounding pharmacist. That's mm. what she would tell you wow. today is that she wants to be a compounding pharmacist. So um, she's fifteen and in the ninth grade. <laughs> I know and that's amazing that I, she already knows. Saturday, on the weekend, she was scrolling through her phone. I'm assuming she's looking at it, you know. I, I don't know. I, I really don't have an assumption of what she's looking at. But she says, she says, Dad, do I want to be a, I, I don't remember what the other one was, or or a doctorate of pharmacy. I was like, that, that's what you want to be, a, a doctor of pharmacy. So so these positions have a doctorate mm-hmm. in in pharmacy. And the, the other one was was a more of a uh, more of a of a teaching position, right? Ab- about about uh, pharmaceutical services. So then she starts looking at the prerequisites for um, the Honors College at USC. Yeah, I said that right. And <laughs> and and it was it was you know all these hours of organic chemistry, chemistry, biology, anatomy, um, and I, and I was like, you know, Margaret, I, I don't I don't know. I took rocks for jocks and and astronomy or astrology or astronomy um, as a for my bachelor's of science degree in in, in business administration, and I, I said, you know, that's a lot of it's a lot of lab work, it's a lot of work, and she was like, and I have to do all of these before I get to to go to college, like mm. I have to do these in high school. How am I going to do that? I was like, no, 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 Margaret. The, this is classes that you have to take in your undergrad degree. Right. And then your postgraduate degree as a, as a doctorate will, will be where you're trained as, as a pharmacist. So I, I tell all of that to say, you know, the, this sometimes six to eight years of, of schooling that our doctors of pharmacy have really have this this um, this idea of of a chemical makeup of 
what the body does with the medication mm-hmm. and, and how those things interact versus the, the training of the, of the physician or the PA or the NP that, that really looks holistically maybe at, the, at, at maybe some, some systems in the body, but also you know, the outcomes. But, but to be able to have the knowledge of all of those working together um, really has, uh, to, to me, as a patient, has been so beneficial to, for, for the insight from the pharmacist and the doctor and the nurse practitioner that, that I, can, I can treat my health and maintain the, the healthy or, or achieve the healthy lifestyle that I want. But in the interim, when I get sinusitis or mm-hmm. when I get the, the crud that goes around, um, that I don't want to be COVID or the flu. How do I treat this? That right. that there's this history of 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 me. That hey Matt, this is this is what's going around. You know you know you get this every year. I'm going to prescribe you these things to treat that. I talk to the pharmacist. The pharmacist says, hey, these aren't going to interact with your medications at all. I'd recommend you take this with food or take this one after you take, you know, this medication. So it is, it is really not to, to, uh, to supplant what any of the other care team members are saying, but, but really to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that there's, the, again, this, this longitudinal care for the patient that gives them that much more confidence, um, not only in, in their healthcare providers, but in themselves. Right. So that they feel better informed. Mm. Yeah. They, they're vital. It's really this, you know, and I don't know how many years this has been going on. <clears throat> I know with us, you know, in your health, um, but you know, to me, it's just a vital position. Now they also interact with the provider it's not just consulting with the patient you know it's they're they're communicating directly to the provider correct they are they're communicating directly with the nurse practitioner or the physician or the pa but not only with them but with the with the the pharmacy Mm -hmm. the distributing pharmacy about medications that um hey we've you know we've talked about this or Maybe even, hey, the, the patient has a concern, you know, with their insurance about how much this will pay and, and is able to relay that to the dispensing pharmacy so that, so that we can work, work with that patient. So yeah. it, it really is a, a collaborative, enhanced communication model of care. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. This is great, I, I think, for people to really understand fully how this works, what, what it's for the reasons behind the different you know disciplines on the care team and 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 i'm excited to continue this conversation because we got a lot more to talk about we got you know we've got ptot which is is a newer position we've got health coaches we've got community health workers wellness coordinator there's so many different things um that we uh have on the list to be able to talk about in this series so i'm excited it's going to be fun me too, Jamie. I, I, I am excited. So if I can have one ask, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from, from our, our team members or our patients, mm-hmm. you know, of, oh, okay, Matt, what action steps can I take from this? I would say define those relationships. 
So whether that's you, you as one of a care team members defining that relationship with your patient of, you know, how we're going to communicate, how we're going to get in touch with each other, mm-hmm. you know, maybe something about them or with your other care team members defining your relationship there that, you know, hey, these are the things that I, I need to be successful. These are the things I need from you. What do you need from me? Um, so so that we can all have that that solid communication um, to, to me, that would that would be my ask, Jamie. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. You heard it. Well, Matt, thanks so much for this. Um, this has been great, and uh, we'll we'll do another episode next week and continue this care team patient centered conversation. So, thank you, Jamie. Enjoy your early spring. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Pugsatani. Is it? Yeah. Pugsatani uh, you know, and 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 more recently. Staten Island Chuck. Oh, Staten Island Chuck. Now, Pugsatani is that's that's a that's an actual town, right? It is. Because I remember this week in orientation, we had somebody from Pugsatani, Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania. I thought that was pretty cool. So on this yeah. week, I mean, of all weeks, so crazy. It was meant to be. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at experiencinghealthcare.com. If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton and Green Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.